Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. All right. So, speaking of March Madness, Brad. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about who we like in each of these regions. Okay. What, did you, what did you think about the field? So, the field is the field's tight. It was tough for USC not to get in. I feel like they got they got really screwed. But the biggest the biggest uh, team that got left out had to have been Oklahoma State. They beat Oklahoma twice. They first of all, Oklahoma has not won a game on the road in 2018. Which first of all, that's they shouldn't be in the tournament. I don't care if they started 14 and two. That's just disrespectful to the tournament. But also, Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma in the in the Big 12 championship in the Big 12 tournament. Also, they beat West Virginia. Dick Vitale was really upset about this. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And I was completely on his side because I feel like that the committee is favoring – we were talking about this earlier. They're favoring non-conference play over yeah. how you're playing in your conference. Oklahoma was what, the, the 7 or 8 seed in the Big 12 tournament? Yeah. They, they, you're kidding me? I don't think they were a top five team in that conference. And for them to make it over Oklahoma State, a team that beat them twice in the, in the tournament at that, they knocked off Kansas twice as well too. I think they're the only team to beat Kansas twice this year. And let's be real. Trey Young helps because they want their stars in this tournament. That's yep. who brings the money. But it's not going to help with an early round exit. Yeah. They're going to – well, I mean, they're going to sell those tickets because everyone wants to see Trey, Trey Young live. But I think it's a shame. Let's go ahead and uh, break this down uh, region by region, and let's uh, look at who we like starting in the south. Starting in the south. Who do you like? I think this is the toughest bracket by far. Yeah. Because we are looking at the Pac-12 champions in Arizona – we are looking at the SEC champions in Kentucky. We're looking at the ACC champions in Virginia, the American champions in Cincinnati. I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't have Cincinnati making it to the Final Four. I don't have Cincinnati. I barely have Cincinnati going to the Sweet 16. Cincinnati, After you saw them in person, too? You're trying to... Yes, Cincinnati is, is they're in a scoring slump. Defense is only going to take them so far. The difference between Cincinnati and, and Virginia is Virginia's defense is, number one, they are elite. Now, when you're thinking about Cincinnati, they're not number one. I think they're what the top. They're definitely top ten defense, but it's not going to carry them when their offense is struggling. From that region, I have Virginia going all the way to the Final Four. I have Arizona playing Virginia in the Sweet 16. Yeah, and uh, I just really like what DeAndre Ayton is doing, uh, averaging a double double. Alonzo Trier back, 18.4 points per game. It kind of pains me, honestly, but. Because I don't think that they were battle-tested. They only had one game against a top-25 opponent. So are you saying that you have Arizona in the Final Four over yes. Virginia? Over Virginia, yeah. I Virginia chokes in this tournament every single year. I think that this isn't going to be any different. So I, I made three brackets. Uh, one of my brackets, I do have Arizona making it to the championship game. But that's my feeler bracket. Um, the 0-1 the 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 top-25 scares the crap out of me. And I've watched a lot of Arizona basketball, whether it's the beginning of the season when they started off rough or when they had that rough pass when Alonzo Trier was playing bad. Mm. I just don't – I don't think that their team is well-rounded enough to make it to the to the Final Four, um, especially if DeAndre Ayton's playing bad. But in the championship, he did make five consecutive shots, and it was really big for him. I'll give it to you, too. Uh, Virginia, they're 6-0 against the top 25 this year, and it helps playing in the ACC, but every time that they were faced with the test, they answer the call. But if yeah. anybody can throw them off the rhythm and force them to uh, change up their pace... Is Arizona. They have a, Arizona has a big team, too. I mean, DeAndre is like, what, 7-2? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that uh, they're going to find a mismatch. All right, let's go ahead and move over uh, to the West. Uh, this is where we have Xavier as the number one seed. <laughs> as we talked about earlier, uh, over the weeks, two Big East teams getting number one seeds. I still don't. I, I, the Big East, top agree to bottom, is the best conference, and anybody who disagrees with it, they're either showing too much loyalty to their conference, sorry, or they're just not watching enough Big East basketball. That's just, I mean, just look at it. They have. Um, I don't think uh, I've heard you say though that they are the best conference, top to bottom. I've heard you say that you like them. Okay, that, that's I should I should reel that back in because that's a little bit of a stretch for me because I do think the ACC is the best conference. But the Big East is a tough conference as well. Um, from there, speaking of the ACC, I have North Carolina going to the Final Four. I also have North Carolina going to the Final Four. I actually went with them uh, against Duke uh, on their last game of the regular season. I had them winning the ACC tournament. Uh, they almost gave Virginia a run for their money. Uh, I also have them as well. They still have players on this team from the championship team. Yes, and uh, my favorite player on that team, Joel Berry. You know, it's a shame. I saw somewhere they had Joel Berry... I think he was like the 20th best player in this tournament. And 
I mean, someone who's been there before, who's won the ring, they cannot be the 20th. They have to be in the top 10 because he is the leader. He's the, the floor general. He's the one who's setting the tone for that team. There are always players that we don't hear about in the regular season that yep. come tournament time, we start to hear about them. And I feel like North Carolina has that possibility. They, they do have a Wood Award finalist in Luke May as well. And I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Luke May's game. He gets the job done. But if I, if I didn't go with North Carolina, I would definitely go with Gonzaga. Gonzaga scares the hell out of me. They're not as big. As, they're not as big as they as they were in recent years. Um, but I like that guy Ruri. I, I'm gonna butcher his name. The Japanese, uh, the Japanese forward Ruri. Uh, let me have. I think it's somewhere down. Hashimura. He's six eight. Got a motor. I really like him a lot. How do you feel about the Big Ten teams in this bracket? Uh, Ohio State and Michigan. How do you feel about Michigan? I think Michigan has the potential to scare people, but they're gonna choke. Uh, I really like. Was it Wagner? Yeah, Wagner. Wagner, yeah. if he stays out of foul Abdul trouble, Rahman, Wagner is great. Um, but everyone has to remember that the Big Ten played their their tournament a week early, so they can play at MSG. It's a long layoff, but I feel like that could either work for them or it could work against them. I don't know. I, I, you listen to a lot of coaches. They want their guys out there playing. So they want to keep them in that game rhythm. So that long layoff, you'll see the Big Ten tournament. The Big Ten teams might falter. And I mean, don't be surprised if Ohio State loses to uh, South Dakota State in the first round. It wouldn't surprise me at all, honestly, especially the way that they ended the year. I think it's going to be interesting. This is the first time that we've ever seen a major conference tournament be played two weeks before the tournament or yeah. before the NCAA tournament. So seeing how that layoff affects them is going to be interesting. Uh, so we both have North Carolina advancing there. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the East with the number one overall seed, Villanova. Uh, we also have Purdue in this bracket. Uh, we can already get Purdue out of here. I think I have Purdue losing early. They, Purdue, Purdue. What do you have against Purdue? I have a problem with Purdue. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sold on them. I, I, they, okay, they, they either going to play Arkansas or Butler. Arkansas scores a lot of points just like Purdue. But Arkansas is going to speed the pace up. They're, they're going to worry about Isaac Haas because they have Guilford, who's a great big man, who's more athletic, and he's only two inches shorter. Purdue can keep up with their scores, though, on the outside. With Carson Edwards and Vincent Edwards, you get them hot. They were cold in the Big Ten tournament. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that Maybe to you. I'm just not a big fan of the Big Ten. That, that might be I'm it. With that. Um, from that division, I, I think this is my overall favorite to win the tournament. I'm sorry, Villanova. They lead, they lead the league in scoring. I'm a huge, huge Jalen Brunson fan. I've watched enough games of Jalen Brunson to, to – actually think that he has a good shot to be a great pro. He's the best player in the in college basketball yes. this year, in my opinion. He's the difference maker. I, I, I also have Villanova winning the whole thing, so I have them coming out of this one as well. I, I'm also going to give a little light to, uh, Amy knows this, uh, Mikel Bridges. I, I love Mikel Bridges. He's he got be. game. Yeah. Uh, when Mikel Bridges first went into college, he was known as a defender, a defender who couldn't really score. Now he has a three-point shot. You watch, him in the, you watch him in the championship game. He's stepping into threes. Fast break, stepping into threes. He has, he's not afraid of anything. And another team that's battle tested, four zero against the top twenty-five, playing in that Big East. Yes. So and also they showed me here. This so this is key. They showed me that they have the formula of what it takes to be a champion. Yeah. So we saw that two years ago. I, I look at that team. Too, I look at that side of the uh, bracket, and I'm not really afraid of much. Like Auburn, they can shoot, but they go through those lows. Auburn finished. Um, I, I mean, what, Purdue maybe. Nah, pass. Uh, Arkansas, they might not even win the first round. Wichita, don't get me wrong, I was high on Wichita State all year until the tournament. Even the even the games that they won in the tournament, I'm like, man, I'm not that big on uh, Wichita State. And honestly, I just don't think the American Conference in basketball is there yet. I I, I think they're, that they're being given too much credit. Okay, that's especially with Cincinnati as a two seed. That's a fair assumption. All right, let's uh, move over to the Midwest. Uh, I've got Michigan State coming out of this, and but I I will admit, I usually pick Michigan State to make my Final Four every single year, and somehow Tom Izzo finds a way to lose. I <laughs> so think it's going to come down no to the winner of that. Uh, well, no. I, I, actually, I don't have any love for Kansas. Um, I think it's going to come down to the winner of the Michigan State-Duke game in the Sweet 16. I 100% think agree because I have Duke. Uh, Marvin Bagley is a stud. I like this because you've been high on him all year. I wasn't worried about that North Carolina game. The championship game, I wasn't worried. Because that could that could actually potentially help them because now they know that they can get beat. Yeah. They that's twice this season that North Carolina beat them. And we mentioned that in uh, come tournament time, in the conference tournaments, sometimes the best team doesn't always win. Yeah, and there was parts in that conference tournament game that definitely could have went the other way, like that that flagrant foul on Grayson Allen, and that was a personality foul. 
uh, if anything, mm -hmm. because there's no way that he's he's playing defense and he just happens to stick his butt out to trip somebody. No, no, the the, the way that happened. The amount of time that happened, but he has to be intentionally going for a dirty play from the get-go because it's such a bang-bang situation. Mm -hmm. Slow motion, it looks dirty. Let me ask you, so do you have North Carolina and Duke in the final? Um, <laughs> I have to know. No, I do not. I, I the really, odds that we see that. I really wish that would be the final, North Carolina and Duke. But no, I don't. I, I have, uh, in the final, I have Villanova and, who was it? Villanova and I believe it was Virginia. Okay. So... I've got uh, Villanova in Arizona in the final. I've got a high-scoring uh, championship game, and I've got Nova. Uh, if <laughs> if it's a high-scoring game, I don't know if Arizona will score enough points because they don't play no defense. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right, so who are your sleeper picks of this? Uh, okay, so looking at the field, <laughs> I knew – here, you you were going to make me this because on the podcast for the last two, three weeks, I've been dogging the Big East. But you know what? They're, they're going to make me eat my words. I think that the Big East is going to make a lot of noise in this tournament. And I'm not just talking about Villanova. Uh, I'm talking about Providence. I'm Ooh. talking about Creighton. I'm talking about Seton Hall. Any of those three teams – Butler. Yes. Any four of those teams I'm throwing out there as my sleeper. Especially Providence. The, the, the way that they took Nova to overtime in the championship game. I really uh, like just that. playing really good basketball right now. So, and uh, what are they saying? A ten seed? Providence has a Providence has a tough way to make it to the lead eight. But I mean, if they make it to the lead eight, that's Cinderella. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna give you two teams. Uh, my first one is gonna be my safer of the Cinderella stories is uh, San Diego State, three and one against top twenty. Okay, I, I I'll, I'll call that a two and one with an asterisk because they did beat Nevada twice, so they beat the same team twice. Still to, counts. To get them. But three and one uh, versus top twenty five here. They beat Gonzaga 72-70, to which is a huge win. I like them a lot. Um, next, mark my words. If the St. Bonaventure Bonnies beat UCLA, oh, they, will beat, road for they will beat Florida. I'm a huge Jalen Adams fan because that man is unconscious. And the reason they lost that tournament, uh, the reason they lost their tournament was Jalen, I think Jalen Adams had five total points in that the championship game. That man can score, and if he gets hot, kind of like, kind of like how Alabama did in the SEC tournament with Colin Sexton, where Colin Sexton is such a difference maker. You can tell when he got hot, he erased the ten point deficit. Um, same thing with with, with Jalen Adams. If Jalen Adams is hot, that team will be hot. I have Florida losing the first round regardless of who they play. So he, uh, uh, UCLA with uh, <laughs> what's the name, Aaron Holiday. <laughs> uh, sorry, Florida. Nice. So uh, let's go ahead and transition over and talk about the Heisman Trophy. Okay. So I like that, that we have the odds here because there, there are a lot of surprises, and I know that not a lot of people are looking ahead of the college football season, but if you know Brad and I, we're thinking about it every single hour of every single day. I think that there's two things to talk about when we're talking about the Heisman. Yes. I think that we have to talk about not only the talent that is going to be presented on the field, but we have to talk about the politics. If you're going to put your money down on somebody at the beginning of the season to win the Heisman Trophy, you can't just be going with who you think is going to put up the best numbers. Yeah. You can't just be going to who you think the best player is. You have to think about how the voting is going to go. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. so that's eliminating player like uh, McKenzie Milton or something? Well, I think it eliminates McKenzie, but honestly, that's only because of the conference that he plays in. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of talking about, uh, let's go with Bryce Love, right? Yeah. I think he's a good example. The last time that a Pac-12 running back won the Heisman Trophy, you would say Reggie Bush, right? 2005. That doesn't even count anymore. Yeah, it was vacated. vacated. Marcus Allen in 1981 was the last time that a Pac-12 and, – and why is that? It's because the writers aren't watching the Pac-12 football games. You, you know, Christian McCaffrey should have won the Heisman, but nobody was watching his games. Pac-12 after dark. It's, it's, it's the, the toughest conference to try to win out uh, – win a, win a – a title and I guess you would say an individual trophy. Quarterbacks have an easier time. I mean, we had Mariota yeah. and we had Palmer, but... I'm going to say Bryce Love is not my pick, but don't be surprised if Bryce Love wins, especially sitting at odds at plus 700. I mean, they're going to feed him the rock uh, over, over 2,100 yards and 263 carries last year. He's going to get the ball, and you know the only reason he came back was to win the Heisman Trophy. He did not come back to compete for a national championship. He came back because he wants the Heisman Trophy. Absolutely. Uh, Who's your pick? Okay, so I have a couple here. I'm going to go with one. But he, the, the commonality of all of these Heisman quarterbacks, 
is their ability to be a dual threat. Yeah. We have the rushing stats and we have the passing stats. If you look at a long line of Heisman winning quarterbacks, you had Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota. The exception was Winston, who's more of a pro style. Menzel, Griffin, Newton. So if I'm putting my money down, I'm going to go with who I think is going to put up those dual threat numbers. And I think that's Khalil Tate. Oh, my God. For Arizona. I was hoping you were saying that. What is it? His odds are sitting at plus 1,400, which is great money. But you would not catch me putting a dollar on Khalil Tate. First of all, I don't think they're going to win enough games. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. They're, they're going to win eight or nine games. It doesn't matter. The year that Griffin won, he won nine games. But as a Heisman Trophy winner, his Griffin's numbers got him numbers got him. I don't think Khalil Tate has the capabilities to put up the same numbers as Griffin. He averaged nine yards a carry last I, year. I, don't get me wrong. I love Khalil Tate. I'm not saying I don't like him. But if you're telling me to... If you're telling me, if you're telling me to put my money somewhere where I feel confident, I got to go with Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. You know that I'm fine with that because we're expecting a big year out of Jonathan Taylor in the Big Ten. Yep. But he just reminds me too much of two other Wisconsin running backs that fell short. Monty, Monty Ball, Ball in 2011, Melvin Gordon in 2014. They were both in New York for the finalist, and yeah. that kind of goes with my politics where I just don't. No matter what the kind of numbers he puts up, I just don't see him winning the trophy. That's fair to he say. He is sitting with the best odds. Did you think about a dark horse? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Will Greer is my dark horse. Will Greer? Will Greer for West Virginia. That makes me so happy, not because I think he's going to win or anything, but I just love success stories. He, he didn't pan out in Florida. Now he's in West Virginia. just throwing the rock, and mm -hmm. my dark horse. That, that, I'm surprised no one's talking about it as a, uh, a solid dark horse sitting at plus 2,500 Cam Akers. Cam Akers all season only had two games where he had 20-plus carries. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you. In those First Miami had 20 carries, 121 yards. He was, he was running 6.1 yards per carry, right? He failed, to get on, he failed to get on the board and score a touchdown. But also against Syracuse, he had 22 carries, 199 yards, 9 yards per carry, 2 touchdowns. I like there was a lot of hype around K-Makers in his freshman year, and I feel like because Florida State only won seven games last year, yeah, uh, that the hype is. But don't don't forget about this. Yeah, it, it'll be a very different team this year with Francois back. All right, I I I I, uh, I don't dislike the Will Greer pick. I don't dislike the Cleo Tate pick. So I feel the money's safe to pick the guy you like out of any of the guys we mentioned, and just run with it, root for him all season. But you also got to remember. If real if Will Greer's team loses four games, he's out. Yeah, because he's a quarterback. Sure. Uh, let's talk real quick about two of our guys. Uh, okay. Let's talk about J.K. Dobbins, who I thought was surprising at plus six fifty, the second best odds right now to win the Heisman Trophy. I'll tell you what they're looking at though. Speed. They're, they're <laughs> not, sure. They're looking at the next Saquon Barkley. They're also looking at. JT Barrett leaving Ohio State and what people don't realize is that Barrett leaving Ohio State means more carries for our running backs yeah because now I mean Dwayne Haskins is the favorite to take over that job he's a pocket passer so Dobbins is going to get just even more touches now so I see what they're saying there with the odds because because you look at the brand name yeah. of Ohio State and you look at the carries that he's going to get splitting the carries with Mike Weber doesn't scare you no, uh, Weber. I can kind of see this as a uh, Sony Michelle Nick Chubb situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Weber struggles competing with carries when Dobbins is hot. Yeah. Well, uh, you saw so you saw it. I, I he doesn't have as much talent. When I was uh, going back and doing my research about the J.K. Dobbins, because I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I didn't watch as many Ohio State games as I could have because there are other teams that I wanted to watch, other games I wanted to watch, and I didn't pay enough attention to the the, the carry share. And it's actually a lot more in favor to J.K. Dobbins than I. Imagine because I, I remember there were times I was watching the games and I'm like Mike Weber is doing a great job, but he's really yeah. not carrying the ball that that much. Weber also sat for three or four games, yeah. Um, so that bit into it, but absolutely J.K. is going to get the majority of the carries. Can we talk about the third best Heisman odds? Tua. <laughs> Tua is a great quarterback. He might not even start. For you, anybody to put money on them at odds that like that is a fool because no way you're going to tell me that I'm going to put money on someone who might not even get the nod. If he gets the nod, he might be splitting time with Jalen. And don't forget, Jalen got Alabama to two national championships. He plays more of a style of Bama football where he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. We've talked about this time and time again. I still think this is Jalen Hurts' team. Yeah, you, you got to look at the coaching staff. Loxley is a running quarterback kind of, kind of coach. He's their new OC, if anybody didn't know. He's going to want Jalen. He's a Jalen guy. Jalen is his leader. Let Jalen have this last year to shine. If he starts to suck, he might get pulled. But he's too efficient to not start. 
Two is a gunslinger. You, you put him in in a big game. He might turn the ball over two or three times. Yeah. I think Jalen Hurst turned the ball over three times total yeah. last year. So Bama Nation would definitely be uh, singing a different tune. But if day one, Tua is the starting quarterback and there's no questions asked, watch out because they're just going to throw the ball every time. I mean, they got Jerry uh, Jerry Judy out there. Jerry Judy, man. He's really He's good. He's going to be the one to watch for in that passing game. Yes, Irv Smith is really good catching the ball out of there. Uh, Smith's really good. I mean, their trio of freshmen that they had last year coming in, going to be seen, uh, sophomores now, is watch out. It's, it's, I, it's, a, it's a reasonable pick, but not reasonable for money. Well, what a great transition. Let's just go ahead and uh, talk about uh, some conference champions. Yes. We'll start with the SEC. Okay, so the SEC for me, I'm a homer. Um, I am 100% going to say Alabama is going to win the SEC. If you if you look at the players Alabama lost on defense, that might scare you a little bit. Well, they lose those players every year. That's, so. what, that's what I'm saying. Every year, everyone everyone says Alabama lost just so many players. They're, they're not going to be any good. But the number one player they're getting back this year, Damian Harris. The number two player they're getting back, Najee Harris. That running game is going to be solidified. Who cares what the quarterback's doing at this point when you have two guys that are going to rush well over 1,000 yards? And Mac Wilson, Dylan Moses, anchoring the linebacking core. Yes. They're going to be just fine. But I think that the question comes down to, can anybody compete with Alabama, specifically in the SEC West? We know that the West isn't as good as it was in years past, but I was going to say, I think that the West is coming back. I think that we're going to be seeing much stronger performances from teams like Mississippi State. Yeah. Fitzgerald, yeah, if he's healthy, yes, for sure. Uh, we got uh, Texas A&M. Uh, they're going to be a couple years away, but they're also going to be on the rise. Auburn. Jared Stidham's coming back for another year with all five of his top pass-catching options. They did lose on Johnson. Yes. I don't, man, I don't know. I, I think the problem with Auburn is Auburn has to go to Georgia, has to go to Alabama. That's one or two losses they're going to get right there. And you know Auburn's bound to slip up somewhere. So that's going to be a two-loss team, and that, a two-loss team's not going to win the SEC West. Tough schedule for sure. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think Bama is the clear-cut favorite uh, to win the SEC, to win the West. But how about in the East? In the East? There's no way that nobody competes with Georgia. <laughs> the East is Georgia's. I, I mean, what you think about uh, Missouri, they have a good quarterback, but then all the other teams I'm not really afraid of. Missouri lost their – what, they lost their OC? Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida's uh, – New coach might be starting a true freshman in Emory Jones. I'm not high on Florida at all. And I don't get me wrong, Florida fans. It's, it's no love loss for Florida or anything like that. It's just they're not quite there. Getting Dan Mullen helps. South but, Carolina won nine games last year, I believe. Uh, so must champ. Yep. Doing all right. Yeah. Uh, but let's be real. South Carolina is not going to be competing. South Carolina is what South Carolina is. They are, they are a nine-win team. Debo Samuel uh, is great on the outside. Uh, he'll be a great target for Bentley. And they, they have some, uh, I mean, Muschamp's doing much better there than he was at Florida. Yeah. I will Can, say that. Are you at all worried about uh, Georgia losing Michelle and Chubb? Or do you think Swift is really that good? I think that DeAndre Swift is that good. But I'm honestly just more concerned with Jake Fromm because I'm still not sold on the kid. What, what else do they have? They have Justin Evans? Is that... Yeah, he's he's the five star coming in, right? Yeah. So I'm I still think that I mean I mean Fromm was on was on our Heisman favorites, but I think that oh uh, Fields it is Fields Fields yeah I think that he's going to be uh, pushing for playing time. So that's his inability to for me make big plays. Yeah, it, it, a lot last year you noticed that Fromm relied on that running game, and it's easy. It's real easy to to play a position when you know you have the surrounding cast that will make up for the mistakes that you might make. You play free, you play loose. Now he now he's lost. He lost in the biggest of stages. He couldn't muster the strength to finish that game. Does that make him hungry, or does that bring him back down to reality? He he can't just hand the ball off to two of the best running backs in the league. He's got a lot of experience now, but uh, as we said, I just don't think there's anybody else in the East that can compete, so I think we're going to see that Bama-Georgia championship game. Should be fun, but I've got Bama coming out on top. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move over to the ACC. I did have a slight faux pas. Fromm did not lose that game. He got beat by the other team, so I will reel that back. He all got right. beat by the best team. Sure. On the last no, second go catch. ahead. I got you. One the more. national champions. Okay, yeah. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Sure. Roll yeah. Tide. Game-winning touchdown. Roll Tide. All right. So <laughs> let's uh, let's move over to the ACC. I want to hear what you have to say about the ACC because this was another another conference to me that, as we go on, I had a couple conferences that were that were locks for one team, and this, to me, looked like a lock. Absolutely. Uh, it's Clemson. Uh, right now, there's no other team that has built their program like Clemson has. 
uh, under Swinney, and right now I think that they're at their peak. I'm still not sold on Kelly Bryant. The way that that offense performed against Alabama was absolutely abysmal. I think that, that they have that a lot tough. to figure out. Uh, I also think that uh, we have some teams on the rise. Uh, like we said, don't forget about Florida State, don't NC State. State. <laughs> uh, Louisville is going to take a step back this year. Yes. Losing Lamar Jackson. I mean, and they have to play Alabama week one, which is really tough. The thing for me about Clemson is them returning their D-line. 46 total oh. sacks is returning yeah. to that team. The experience that they have coming back uh, is scary. Yes. I, I'm big, I like Farrell. 66 total tackles last season. Beast. Bryant. Beast. And they could have uh, one of the best receiving cores coming back. Yeah. With Hunter Renfro coming back. Well, they're losing Kane, uh, which is neither here nor there. They'll, uh, they'll, you know. But as I said, uh, still not sold on Kelly Bryant. He, I mean, he, he's going to be the starter for now. But I, I think he's going to do just enough to, to be very competitive in that conference. Um, if Florida State stays healthy, they're going to be a close second. But Who do you think uh, is going to win the quarterback battle there? Blackman or Francois? Uh, I think Francois is going to win it. it the, the way that the coaching staff has been talking about how he handled this entire the, the whole injury, how he handled the fact that he he went to he went to practice, he went to games, he was there with the team, being the leader that he should, which showed that hey guys, when I'm healthy, I'm ready to suit up and I'm ready to go after this national championship. I'm, he he wasn't one of those guys who who went and was down in the dumps after he got hurt because it's so easy, so easy to get hurt and go home. Sure. so easy to get hurt and wallow in your sorrows. It's so easy to not be that leader. And I really like that about him, and I, I see the coaches did as well. A lot of eligibility left for these two quarterbacks, so are we going to see one of these quarterbacks transfer? Oh. Eventually. I mean, I'm saying eventually down the line, if, if one outplays the other and is the clear-cut favorite. I, I don't see it happening, especially once a quarterback goes down, the likelihood of them going down again has, has heightened. Sure. So now if I'm Blackman, I'm riding my, I'm riding the wave, and I'm just waiting for the opportunity for Francois to take a step back, and the coaches put the confidence in me to go out there and win the game, and I take the job. All right, uh, let's uh, talk about the Coastal. Wait, uh, go ahead. hold on one second. I know we're talking about the Coastal, um, but I just want to stop back, go back to the Atlantic, and have you seen Clemson's schedule? They got well. They, they have some tough road games. They open with Texas A&M at too. Texas A&M at Florida State. Boston College won't be as good, but it's still going to Boston College. Wait, going Forest to Georgia was Tech. another road game. Yeah, they have a tough away schedule. I just want to throw that out. there. Yeah, no, those are great. I I just think that that their defense is 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 going to be able to anchor them down in those road games. Okay, so let's talk about the Coastal. I think it's down to two teams here. Miami. Miami, yes. And uh, I really like Virginia Tech. Yes. I like Virginia Tech to win. This division over Miami. They get Miami at home on November 17th, and I think that that game is going to decide who plays Clemson in the ACC championship game. Josh Jackson just had a really good freshman year yeah. for Virginia Tech. Uh, they played in a lot of big games, got some experience. Uh, they are losing Tremaine Edwards on the defense. Edmonds, yeah, and they're losing uh, his brother too. So, yeah, they're losing them both. But I'm not sold on Miami. You hate Miami all season. I'm just going to go let it ride with Miami the whole way. I'm having Miami win the Coastal. Malik Rozier turns the ball over way too much. You got For a senior now. It's okay. He can't play in the big games. Miami, what? They lost three games? Showed me no leadership qualities. Come on. He can make it all the way to the conference championship game and lose like he's supposed to, but they're still going to win the Coastal. I just like Virginia Tech being at home Yeah, uh, for that game, game that, that I think is going to decide it. And also... The chance that Miami repeats their success. So, if you're you're measuring the two quarterbacks, you got Jackson a lot higher. No, 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 or no, no. they like I just have, up. You know, I I just have Jackson higher just because he's a sophomore, and I just feel like he's got a higher ceiling. Okay. Than Rozier does, who I feel like I've seen all of what I'm going to get from. Yeah, from well, you know, he's going to turn the ball over. Absolutely, but and he's, you he's not going to make not, good plays in the big game. Are you not jumping on the swagger train? No. The Miami swag? No. I think I think that's the my biggest analysis of Miami is I want Miami to be good because they just swag so hard I just want to be a part of it I want to watch them. I'm be still excited. emotionally scarred from like having to hear about this pass interference call for 18 years when I was just a child when that happened. Man, I got so much hate living here in Florida after that. It was, oh man, it was terrible. Um, but Clemson, Clemson clear cut favorite. Yeah, in the ACC. All right, you want to go ahead and move on uh, to Pac-12 after dark. Miles, with Pac-12, you made me a believer. Yeah? But when we did our, our, li our live episode from Las Vegas, yeah, um, was I cool. wasn't entirely high on Washington. Okay. 
but, but now you are. Now I, I am. I know you are. I, I'm really high on him. The more I dig into Washington, could have one of the best quarterback cores in college football. They get Gaskins back. Browning is ready to. He, he came so close two years ago. He is ready to shine, really, really shine. What? What? Do you know what his Heisman uh, odds were on on the list? He was on here. Uh, we got him at plus twenty two hundred. Okay. I think that's it's a distinct possibility. Chris Pearson is one of the most underrated coaches yeah. in the country. Washington is making the playoff this year. And also, I think that in the Pac-12, it's Washington and Stanford at the top, and everybody else. Boy, wait, what behind. about your man Cleo Tate in Arizona? No, I mean, I he's going to win eight or nine games. Okay, USC is definitely taking a step back. We can already call a spade a spade. Absolutely. Um, uh, the South is kind of a mess right now, so it's really going to come down to uh, Stanford and Washington. They play on November third. Washington gets them at home this year. Washington gets them home. Washington also has. Uh, Byron Murphy coming back. Um, he should be healthy. He I can't play. believe also – sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, I can't believe that Miles Gaskin came back for another season. Yeah, I'm that excited. That is huge. I'm really excited. Oh, in all three years uh, that Pearson has been the coach, they have led the Pac-12 in scoring defense. That is consistency. I see them back in the playoff this year. Uh, I do like Stanford, though. Don't get me wrong. We've got Bryce Love, KJ Costello. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I have them in my preseason top ten. Yeah, my problem with Stanford is Washington. I just think Washington's going to go out there and they're going to play very, very good football. They're going to they're going to ex- far exceed a lot of expectations. And, and, and I'm not sure if it was you convincing me or you you kind of led me to the pasture and you let me graze because I I was grazing in sure. all these stats and all these I players. I I and I'm just like number five. I have them. Defense wins championships. Yeah. They're losing Vea. Forget about it. I think that they, that they play a style of football that can compete with Alabama, yeah. uh, can compete with Clemson because they're so stingy on defense and because they have the leadership on offense. Yeah, Watch out for Washington, I'm telling you. Uh, and like I said, the South is kind of a mess. I think that USC, Arizona, Utah, any of those three teams could win it. Uh, someone starting up at Arizona. I'm not saying that Zona can't win the division. I'm picking Zona. To win the division? Yeah. I'm going to pick Zona to win the division as well because I, I think USC is going to take that big of a step back this year. Yeah. You think they're going to – I mean, they're losing their quarterback. And, and they're running back too. That's, yeah. that's tough to replace. I put a lot of stock into uh, who has the home game in the big matchup. Yeah. And USC traveling to Arizona. I think that's going to be the game that decides this division. And we're going to see Arizona and Washington playing in the Pac-12 title game. Hands like down, I've, yeah, I've got Washington winning it. So. I got Washington winning it. That's, yeah. That was one of my easier ones for me. Uh, and it might be because I'm falling in love with what Washington's got going on. Agreed. All right, so I can't wait any longer. Oh, Let's – uh, here we go. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Here we go. The best conference in college football, hands down, proven not only in our rankings, but also but also uh, proven uh, on the field in the bowl games. Oh, my God. So, and, and let's be fair. If it's not the best conference in college football, we by far have the best division in college okay, football. Okay, let's just let you spit it out. Who's going to be the overall winner? Because I know you want to say it so bad. All right, this is actually going to surprise you. I am not going with Ohio State You're to Wisconsin? win the Big Ten. I'm also not going with Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. What? All right, so I'm going to look at the Big Ten East. All right, we have Ohio State, we have Michigan State, we have Penn State, and Michigan. You're going Michigan State? All four of these teams are going to play well, and everyone's counting Michigan out. I'm not counting Michigan out. They have to figure out their quarterback situation, but... Believe it or not, they're going to be back. Here's the difference. Penn State and Michigan both have to play Wisconsin this year in crossover games. Yeah. So who has the easier schedule this year? That's what it's going to come down to. We have four teams that, in my opinion, across the board on a neutral site can compete with each other on any given day this year. So it, for me, it comes down to the schedule. Who's playing who in the crossover games? So I'm automatically eliminating Penn State and Michigan just by the sheer difficulty of their schedule. Not to mention, Michigan also has to play a 10-win Northwestern team. Okay, so, so you're saying no Michigan. Right. Well, uh, I'm saying Michigan's going to be great. I'm just saying not okay, to okay. win. Okay, okay, yeah, cool. No, no, I no. thought you were saying they were going to win. I'm just like, I'm yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to think. I'm All like, right. where's he so, pulling this from? So that leaves me with Michigan State or Ohio State, who both don't have to play Wisconsin. Yes. Urban Meyer has lost to Michigan State. Michigan State has ended Urban Meyer's season and championship dreams twice. Yep. I was at both of those games. My heart is still broken both times. And it's going to be at Michigan State. And it's going to be at Michigan State this year. It's going to happen again. 
it's it's going to come down in that division to Ohio State, Michigan State. Michigan State has everybody on that team coming back. They're only losing two players on the defense that ranked in the top five yes. nationally. Brian Lewerke, you know, he showed that he a running ability a, too. Oh my God! So. He had a couple games where he threw about 150 yards, and then he had games where he threw for about 400. Right. and that's fine because it's on any given day, how can Michigan State's offense adjust to the style that they're playing? Yeah. And that's what they do. With an offense, with a defense that good, it's a little bit easier for him as well. Yes. Uh, LJ Scott, also at running back, coming yes. back. Uh, Shea Patterson as the Heisman. I don't even know if he's going to be eligible. Uh, yeah, I, I think you I, – I, I like Shea Patterson – but I don't like him as a Heisman contender. Did we see enough of him on the field? Yeah, we saw plenty. We saw enough. What uh, Alabama fans did, people SEC fans did. We we watch almost every SEC game because we, we just love SEC. He sure. can he can sling the rock. Um, so you have Michigan State winning the East. You're not going to show any love to your boys. Not going to show any love to to. Nick Bosa out there balling. Yeah. It, the, the, it's like I said. The double-headed dragon. Yeah. Well, it, well, here's the thing also is that we don't have a set quarterback, right? And so it, Dwayne Haskins is probably going to be the week one starter. We saw him win us the game in Ann Arbor. I mean, 70% completion ratings, great. Yeah. And as I said, he's going to change up the offense. JT Barrett leaving Columbus changes everything because yeah. now we're not going to have the quarterback run right, the quarterback run left. Uh, it's going to be about J.K. Dobbins. And we have all of our receivers coming back as well. Yeah. Remember the name Jeffrey Okuda on the defensive side of the ball? He was a five-star cornerback for us. Played great in what's, the Cotton what's that? What's that young cat you guys got, the quarterback? Uh, Tate Martell. Tate Martell, yeah. Absolutely. No, that, you, you are staring at Tate Martell's number one fanboy right now. Oh, he, this kid. I watched his high school, Tate. He's, he's, he's no, sick. He's, he is unbelievable, and, and I think that he fits into our offense the best. I think he fits into Urban Meyer's offense the best. He's I'm tight. praying that he'll be the, number, the week one starter, but I, it's just not – uh, I just don't see it happening because he doesn't have the experience. Yeah. We, we, we redshirted him last year. Uh, still have Burrow, so I'm going to go with Haskins. But we're definitely going to see him on the field. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But there's just too much uncertainty for me. And with Michigan State having that game at home and with them already doing it twice before, um, I've got Michigan State beating Wisconsin in the Big Ten and making the playoff. Do you think Wisconsin is going to go undefeated? No. Wisconsin's schedule they play Michigan and Penn State this year. Yeah. And they have to go at Iowa. And Iowa's playing at Iowa is always a tough game always for tough anybody. Game. Uh, their crossover games last year were a joke. Uh, it's why they kind of skated to an, uh, an undefeated record. And don't get me wrong, you want to talk about another team that's got everybody coming back? Yeah. Alex Hornerbrook, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they lose uh, Fumagalli. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's going to be much of a problem. No, the tight ends are a lot more replaceable than people can imagine. And they also have one of the best defenses coming back. So, you know, I don't think – honestly, I don't think anybody in the West can compete with Wisconsin at this point um, as it stands. So yeah. we're going to see them with back-to-back division titles. Okay. I know a lot of people who are listening haven't haven't heard us talk about our coaches on the hot seat. My coach I was on the hot seat with um, Lovey. Do you, how many games are you projecting Illinois to win this game, this year? Zero in the Big Ten. Zero in the Big Ten. He's made no progress with, with that program. Man, I feel I, so bad. I'm actually surprised that he hasn't gotten fired yet. Yeah. Well, he's on the hot seat. Yeah. There's, there's just been, there, there's just been no progress. Yeah. That's the problem. He's at a standstill, and it's, it's never good to be at a standstill when you're at the bottom. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're coasting in the middle, somewhere floating towards the top, and you're not making that much progress, the rope is a lot longer. But they're not going to give him much leeway. And this is, this is it. This is, this is your show. You think it's zero? I'll give him one. I think that okay. a great I think that a great example though is Brom at Purdue. He has them moving in the right direction. Yeah. Whereas I actually think that Purdue can be competitive this year. PJ Fleck in Minnesota has yeah. them moving in the right direction. Illinois is going to finish last in the Big Ten again. I definitely think they're going to finish last, and I can one hundred percent agree. There are zero zero is the same thing as winning one game. I just want to get your opinion because sure. I think I might be a little more let down than a lot of people because Lovey Smith was a Bucks coach. I mean, I even named my fantasy football uh, fantasy football team the Lovey Machine, and it was a picture of Lovey Smith like doing like one of these. And I was like, now I'm just like, God, man, you can't you can't coach in NFL anymore. Yeah. You can't coach in college. Just go take the money you got. Go retire. Just sit on a beach somewhere eating bonbons and ramen noodles. All right. Well. Now that I'm off my soapbox, let's go ahead and move over to the Big 12. All right, so I'm just going to say right now, uh, the Big 12 is a mess of a conference. Yes. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> the structure that they have to decide their champion is absolutely ridiculous. And 
to think that this system works and to not, first of all, their decision to not expand to 12 teams. So you want UCF? Have, so that we have, uh, well, I mean, UCF got hurt by it. But, yeah, they did. Uh, not necessarily, but j- just their uh, stubbornness to not find two teams suitable enough so that they could have two divisions. And instead, we have this ridiculous round-robin format where the likelihood of a rematch in the Big 12 title game is 100%. Yeah, it's stupid. Where do you know how difficult it is to beat a team in college football twice in one year. It automatically, it autom- I mean, we saw Oklahoma do it. Right? Yeah. But that's because Oklahoma was so far and above everybody else yeah. in that conference. Uh, this year, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think that Oklahoma is going to take a step back. Uh, I'm not on the Kyler Murray hype train yet <laughs> in Oklahoma, but I still think that they're the best team in the conference. Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and call a spade a spade. If something's coming up 70% of the time in any betting scenario, I will put money on something that has that good of odds. Seven out of the last ten uh, Big 12 championships have gone to Oklahoma, and I'm sure that uh, Lincoln Riley's got it, got it going on there with whatever Kyler Murray – I'm going to go with Oklahoma because smart money says Oklahoma. And also, remember this name, Marquise Brown, in my opinion, along with Bryce Love, yeah. is the biggest playmaker in the country. He had nine catches for over 200 yards, and I believe it was two touchdowns in that Oklahoma State game. Uh, really a coming out party for him. Kyler Murray's got the weapons. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got everything that he needs to work with. Um, their defense needs to improve, but here, here's what I'm going to say about the defense. We, we, we were dogging the Big 12 all year last year, yeah. but how about Oklahoma proving in the playoff that Big 12 football can work yeah. in today's playoff system, Take forcing Georgia to score that many points? Yeah. It was really impressive. So my opinion of the Big 12 is actually starting to change And do you as think, far as their style do you of think football. That was ba- uh, do you think that was Baker that changed it, or do you think it was, it was the, the team? Because that team was good. No, that no, was, it, a, it was a really good team. A great team, but I'm glad you brought up that point because Baker Mayfield was the, was hands down the best player in college football last year. He is a difference maker. Uh, that definitely had a lot to do with it, but I just think, I just thought it was, it was a good showing for the conference. Um, you had to pick a number two. Who would it be? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so my number two is West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia, uh, Will Greer is bringing back three thousand passing yards, 34 touchdowns. Sills. Uh, Sills. Is a stud. Uh, Gary Jennings had 97 catches last year. The defense needs to improve. We already know that. But this West Virginia team has a lot of firepower. They've kind of been uh, waiting in the shadows to emerge. I thought it was going to happen last year, uh, but... I was kind of disappointed in that that team last year just due to the fact that I thought Will Greer was going to lead them. He he went out there and played football, which is a big Mm -hmm. difference. It, when, it, when, the, when the going got tough, he didn't step up, and that's just my opinion. And if he makes that step to be the actual leader that he can be, because he has all the talent, he has the pieces around him. Absolutely. And if he can make that step, then I think they'll be they have a chance to win it. But if not, if all he wants to be is a guy who plays football at a high level, mm-hmm. they will still be number two in the Big 12. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. If we had a crystal ball here, I'm going to tell you exactly how the season's going to play out. Okay. All right. Friday, November 23rd. Yes. Oklahoma at West Virginia. They're both going to be tied for the lead in the Big 12. Yes. One and two. West Virginia's going to win that game. It's going to be an emotional night in Morgantown. Yes. Then, the very next week, they're going to have a stupid rematch in the Big 12 championship game, literally back-to-back weeks, and Oklahoma's going to win on a neutral field. And it's so hard to beat a team twice. And back-to-back weeks, nonetheless. This is like something you even see in college basketball when they have the tournament and a team has to play... Uh, a team has to play another team in the conference tournament after they just sure. played them. Sure. Now they're on neutral And that's side. the third time. Yeah. Which, you know, and, and I completely agree, and, but especially in football, man. Like, just, yeah. Back to back They need to fix this. Either expand, uh, find a way to split these 10 teams into divisions. Uh, anyway, though, I, I, I could talk about that forever. Uh, TCU is losing everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ohio State actually playing TCU uh, in Texas. TCU on a, has on a couple tough field. games. I'm not so. really worried about it. Uh, they're losing Kenny Hill. They're losing Kyle Hicks. They're losing their entire offensive line. Yeah. Uh, after West Virginia and Oklahoma, it's Kansas State, Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's taking a step back. They're losing Rudolph. They're losing Washington. Yep. Uh, watch out for Tom Herman, though, uh, in Texas. He's a recruiting machine, so you, you never know. Okay, so this one is another one of my locks. I don't care that... Scott Frost is gone. Lock it up. I don't care that Griffin's gone. I don't care that Traquan Smith's gone. Mike Hughes is gone. I don't care. I do care that Mike Hughes is gone. <laughs> Mike Hughes 
Mike Hughes and Griffin are two of the biggest pieces, but yeah. after watching the film, Mike Hughes is a grown man. He played grown man football. He will be the biggest piece they lost, but they will still win the American, and that is the UCF Knights charge on. Can we say that Mike Hughes has the most legendary play in UCF football history? Yes. Right? Hatchet, yeah, that, right? The, you're talking about the, the, the return? The kickoff return yep. for, for a touchdown? Uh, it's a lock. No one in the American Conference right now, as long as Mackenzie Milton is the quarterback. No one can touch him. At UCF, no one, no one can touch him. Let's go! And uh, UCF is returning 10 all-conference players, which is the which most. Which no one is talking which about, Which is honestly. the most out of anybody in this conference. Yeah, this conference is losing a lot of power uh, with Riley Ferguson, Quentin Flowers. So those tough games uh, that uh, against Memphis and against USF, uh, not saying that they're losing all the talent. Um, you know, this offense is going to be really exciting to watch, too. Uh, with, their, with their new head coach coming in. He, he, um, Missouri averaged 500 and something yards per game. And the SEC. And as you see, I'm ready to watch McKenzie Milton just tear it up. Him and Kellen just go out there and have a ball. He's one of my favorite players uh, to watch in the entire country. Yeah. Uh, I felt like you and I talked about him week after week. But his performance uh, in that, that bowl game that, against that Auburn, game. it was inspiring because he couldn't hit a target the to the save his life. The resilience that he, he was not afraid. He kind of like... He kind of got himself going with his legs. Feels a little bit of confidence. Yeah. All right. He came yeah. out. He adapted, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he was, what, 2 of 15 to was, start that game? awful. He adapted with his legs. He made the adjustments at halftime. That's the sign of a mature quarterback yeah. and also a well-coached quarterback. And then I was thinking, I was like, man, all right, let's see their, their schedule is actually not that tough because I'm not projecting North Carolina to make that big of an improvement. It's 3-9 last season. not projecting Pitt to make that much no. of an improvement. It's 5-7 last season. Those games that sh that that on paper, like if you just go in by brand name, that should be really scary, aren't as scary because those teams aren't as good as their names are. I've had a couple UCF fans try to tell me that those are tough games, and in no way, shape, or form. I, I'm going to tell you right now what are going to be the tougher games. Navy. Yes. SMU. Yes. Those are going to be the tougher games. Both of those are at home, though, so everything's they have a on their side. very favorable schedule. I've got SMU uh, coming out of the other side. So I've got uh, SMU. They've got Ben Hicks coming back. They do lose uh, Cortland Sutton. But honestly, it, uh, in my opinion, and also another thing that we've talked about, SMU gave UCF their best game last year. Yeah. I Because they forced UCF to play their game. I picked Houston only because Ed Oliver, the, the only non-senior to win defensive lineman of the year. But – I, I don't know if you know this. He has uh, Heisman odds, by the way. Yeah, do you, I don't know if you know this, that, um, what is his name, Catalan is leading the team for personal reasons. They're running back. They're leading rushers, leading the team for personal reasons. That sucks. Yeah. That's... Whatever he's going through, I hope he figures it out and it works out for the best for him. So is UCF going to host this American Championship game again next year? It, it, it's inevitable. And we're going to watch it. We're going to go. We're going to have a great time. And we'll be there. All right. Super, super chill. I, I like I like where your head's at because uh, if you see a lot of things uh, as we talk about sports, like we might hang out too much because we have a lot of similar views on things. I've been things. told that, Brad. Uh, so think, I think after this episode, we need to go ahead and take like a two-week break of talking sports with each other. Sure. Yeah, that's high no, level. Like, no, no, absolutely not. We're going to be back at it next week. Yeah. So, <laughs> next week, you mean tomorrow. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's go ahead and answer some of these questions. All right, do you want to answer questions or do you want to ask some more, do some more giveaways? All right, well, do you want, you want to do this first? That's some giveaways. All right, yeah. yeah let's ask go. one. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and uh, give away a couple of these uh, St. Patrick's Day block party tickets. Uh, another trivia question for you here. This is a good one. How many teams from Chicago are in the NCAA tournament this year? How many teams? How many teams from Chicago are in the NCAA tournament? Four? Oh, Danny, how many? One. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Come on down. We can't see you back there. That's a good one. All right. All right. Uh, let's go with another one. So I'm going to set this question up. Uh, Joey Bosa plays for the LA Chargers. Okay. Also played for the Ohio State University. Okay. His brother is currently playing for Ohio State at okay. the same position. What is his name? Mike. Bosa. This guy right here. I think here. I heard the right answer over there. I'll, I'll give you one over here. So. No, who was it? Because I'm not going to be You could give it to her over there. We got plenty. All right. One more question? Yeah, one more. Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, very popular pick. The big cat? 
yeah, uh, to win Bay Hill next weekend. But I want to know, what was the last year that Tiger won a PGA Tour event? 2013. I heard 2013 over oh here. This God. guy. Brad was pointing at me. We have uh, another one for you. One more. One more question. There was another golfer who just recently won, had this, a similar drought, and their second to last championship was in 2013. <laughs> All right, so we're now, now we're gonna answer your guys' questions, and uh, we're not almanacs, so if we stumble here, don't be mad. All right, let's go ahead and start with a really good one here. Uh, this is going into uh, the topic of the NCAA tournament. We're talking about Arizona. Did Arizona's FBI investigation? And let's go ahead and set that up. Sean Miller was caught on tape discussing paying one of his players upwards yes. of one hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Uh, cut on tape, still coaching the team. Uh, did the FBI investigation have to do with their seeding going into the tournament? And were they setting them up for failure with a more challenging bracket? No. Kentucky in the second round, Brad, Kentucky in the second round? We're, we're talking about the Pac-12 champion and the SEC champion meeting in the, on day three of the tournament? But you're also thinking about a 10-loss Kentucky team who has had their moments. They are the hottest team coming into the tournament, but... I don't think that actually played a role in it. You have to look. Arizona lost to UCLA at home. They have some games. They have some blemishes on their schedule that you kind of like bat your eye to. Like, godly. Mm -hmm. So I don't think. I don't think they got the short end of the stick. Uh, I think they even lost like Arizona State at home. If, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But what do you think? I mean, I I think that the NCAA uh, definitely has something to answer for. Um, because I'm not going to use the word corrupt. But so, so you think they did get the short of the stick? I think that they're sending some kind of message. Right? I, it, and I'm just thinking about more from a college football standpoint where they make uh, those statements all the time and come down hard on recruiting violations. I think that this, I think this, is, this is just the beginning. Okay. So let's look at the other, uh, the other number four seed in the West. Okay. Um, we have Gonzaga. Gonzaga has some tough some tough teams in there. They have a 10-loss San Diego State team who's an 11 seed. Uh -huh. They have a Houston team who's playing very well. Ohio State who got eliminated. Hey, the Buckeyes are in the March Madness tournament. <laughs> they have North Carolina. They have Providence who just gave arguably the best team in college basketball a run for their money. They have Michigan who won their conference. Blue. They have a tough. Right. They, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think there's That's really. Fair. That's fair. I don't think there's a, a such thing as being punished by the bracket. I didn't use the word punished. I'm just saying there's the, a, there's some kind of message being sent. I, I don't think they send messages like that. I think they send mm -hmm. messages by not putting teams in. That's how I think they send their messages. Okay. That's fair. Good question. Yeah. Great question. All right. Who will perform better in 2018? We're talking about the NFL. Tyrod Taylor with the Browns. Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. That's an easy one. Jimmy G. Uh, the biggest, biggest, uh, get Marquise back is. I do think that Tyra Taylor is target. underrated, and I think that he may win one, maybe two games with the Browns. I mean, that would be a huge upgrade for them. Okay, picture uh, this: Browns have money, somewhere in a hundred million dollar cap space. Let's say the Browns, let's say the Browns get Barkley. They get their bridge quarterback at at four or whatever. No, wait, well, are we saying that Tyrod's a starter? Yeah, for at least six games, four to six games, he's going to be the starter if they're getting a bridge quarterback. Okay, they spend money. Let's say they can land a, a, a Wilkerson. Uh, they can they can land a Tamba or somebody. They they spend money on getting Sue. They get another another big defensive piece. Mm -hmm. They have the money to spend, and the new GM has been aggressive. And I was reading. Um, I can't. Oh man, I'm, I'm struggling to find out who which which analyst said in direct conversation with the new GM. They are not done. They are going to plan on having a very busy offseason. I believe it. They get two more pieces. I think they could. Oh, okay. What are you arguing right now? I mean, I, do you how, say they only win one or two games? Okay, I'm, I'm, and I'm asking you, how many games do you think that Cleveland's going to win Four. next year? Four. Four. So Four. okay, so you're saying they're going to win two more than I said they were going to win. Well, maybe three more because you were you were oh, aiming nice. low with that okay. one. I was being facetious. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's a clear. The answer to that question is Jimmy G, clearly. Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, watch out for the 49ers. 49ers got go a little far. bit of money, too, to oh, throw yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, see, like an Allen Robinson. Getting another another uh, another receiver to go with uh, Goodwin or whatever. Mm -hmm. All right, good question there. Uh, let's go ahead and switch gears back to college football. Uh, which group of five school has the best chance to make a New Year's Six Bowl game? That was easy. UCF. Okay. UCF, UCF has a really good chance to go undefeated again. No, they, they have a great chance... But I think that Boise State 
is just a better overall team going into next year. And I think they're playing in – and honestly, they're also playing in an easier conference in the Mountain West. I, I, still, think, I still think UCF is a better team. Boise uh, State's going to be ranked in the top 25 going into next year. Yeah, as well UCF. UC, uh, will they? they? They have to be. I mean, they knocked off. They I mean, knocked off an SEC team. They're in my top twenty-five, but finishing the season undefeated with everything they, they, that they, they lost. They lost a court. They lost a coach. They lost receiver. They lost a couple defensive players. It's not like they're losing their quarterback, which is the biggest piece, or or their running back. You know. Sure. I just wanted on film that Boise State is going to be the representative for Group of Five. Fair, fair. All right. Uh, we already talked about the Browns. Okay. Are they going to make the playoffs next year? No, absolutely not. The Browns will not make the playoffs. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Charge On. Uh, who should draft Shaquem Griffin? Who should draft him? Okay, now this is this is a hard question to answer because are you talking about who should? Because I'm assuming if I'm you're gonna saying, go first, because I have a hands down answer. Seattle, Miami, Miami. Because I think that Miami's gonna hopefully draft a linebacker in the first round. I think that they, but if they don't, I think that they could scoop Griffin in the second or third round, and why not keep him in Florida? Okay, I, I thought you were gonna go with Seattle just because his brother plays there, and yeah, um, it's not good enough for Miami. I, I like the Miami pick because Miami right now is going through their culture change, sure. releasing Timmons, releasing Sue, getting Landry out of there. Mm-hmm. They want that good locker room, good inspiration guy, and it makes sense. I don't have a clear leader for that because I, I'm trying to see if you think a, a team that's gonna pick him is gonna have to reach. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be a second round pick. But the team that would grab him would have to grab him the right. second or third round for me to associate with them. And I'm going to go – they're going to pair him up with his brother. Pete Carroll loves his brother. And they're also rebuilding over there. Zach Griffin's they're, a beast. They're yeah. rebuilding. Get, get Shaquem in there. See if he see if he's the same leader, same player as Shaq. And, hell, they could be a great duo together. So, love the pick. Uh, what are the odds that Tiger wins at Bay Hill this, Bay Hill this weekend? Uh, I believe it was set at plus 700. He has the best uh, odds in the field at plus 700. Odds on favorite. Uh, which, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I picked him uh, in my golfer pool last week to win the Valspar. So you did great. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that he's the odds on favorite, but, man, could he put together two great performances in a row? Something that we haven't seen from him yet. He, he, he very well can. I don't, I would, I'm not putting my money on Tiger Woods. And, you know, uh, a shame... To me, I should feel bad. I, I don't know the field well enough yet, um, but I'm going to go with Ricky. Let, let, let Ricky get a quiet win out here. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw the new Pumas. He's going to be rocking the Arnie Pumas. They're sick this year, even better than Ricky's last year. And uh, uh, Ricky's Ricky's odds are probably going to lay somewhere around like uh, 1,200 or 1,000, which is a little bit better than plus uh, 700. And for someone to go back-to-back weeks with great performances, I don't care if they're Tiger Woods. I don't care if they're Jack Nicholas. It's still a difficult task. And you have to think there's going to be so much nostalgia, so much happening in Tiger, Tiger Woods' brain going back to Bay Hill where he, he's won so much to where it could, it could get the better of him. Not, not saying that he's going to go out there and, and shoot 78 or 79, someone like one really big score, but I could see him 71, 72, the first two rounds, which is really not going to be enough to be in contention unless he goes out there on moving day and plays a, a, an amazing round. Who's going to be out of Bay Hill? Anybody gonna be out there? Bay Hill? That's gonna be fun. Yeah, we'll see you guys out there. All right. Uh, you know what? We haven't talked about it yet. Let's talk a little baseball. Uh oh. Uh, are the Astros going to repeat as World Series champions? No. Before I answer this question, before I answer this question, whoever wrote this did not listen to the last episode. <laughs> Yourself as not listening to the last episode. Um, That's fine. I'll just repeat. It it is one of the hardest things to do in sports is to repeat a championship. But especially in baseball. Especially in baseball. But the Astros didn't have as much turnover as you see uh, with championship teams, like what's called the Super Bowl effect, where a lot of players leave. They added another uh, another good pitcher from the uh, Pirates. I think they have a chance, but they will not repeat. I think they. we were doing. We did odds in the last episode, and I think they had good odds to be a top team to make it make it to the uh, World Series. Absolutely, I do not think they're going to repeat. It's just one of the hardest things to do. Who do you have winning the World Series? I do not have a team, uh, but it could. I, I'm going to give you the top three. Yankees win. Yankees aren't going to win it. Um, I can see the Dodgers. I can see the Cubs. 
Cubs, Cubs are a, a I got the Cubs hands down yeah. winning the World Series this year. Um, best rotation in baseball, in my yeah. opinion, with Lester and Quintana, uh, Hendricks. Darvish. Uh, Darvish. I mean, just an absolute and, – and as I said, in my opinion, I think we're looking at one of the best infields ever put together yep. in Chicago. So. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised the Astros are a, an amazing team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we could very well see the Astros and the Yankees play in the ALCS again, which yeah. would be just fine with me because that was one of the best series I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, that was exciting. And, and, and honestly, it's just better for baseball to have the Yankees – be good yes. and be playing for championships. And I'm fine with anything that's good for baseball and gets the sport Who, any kind of visibility. Who's batting cleanup in New York? Okay. I think it, it's got it, it's got to be Stan because I think that they're going to bat judge higher up in the lineup. Yeah. Like, like two or three. I mean, if it was me, what I would bat judge two and not three. I would put um, maybe DD three. Uh, and so, I, but but who knows? And then the you put Sanchez at five behind. Uh, yeah, yeah, I put Sanchez there. Uh, Bird maybe at six. They just got Neil Walker. Uh, he could be seven. Uh, you got Gardner batting lineup. Don't get me wrong, the Yankees are stacked. Yeah, great lineup. So yeah. All right, uh, let's go ahead and do a college football question. Uh, Florida sports. We have Dan Mullen uh, starting a uh, new tenure at Florida. We have Willie Taggart starting at FSU. When it's all said and done, and we look back, who is going to have run the better program? I got man. I'm sorry, Gators fans. I'm so sorry. I'm going with Willie Taggart. That I, I'm. If you guys, if you guys don't know, I am a social media fiend. I am on social media all the time, and that man seems like he is one of the coolest, best coaches to play for because he swag. He holds it down. He will be a recu- recruiting weapon. I've heard that the entire culture. In Tallahassee has already changed. And I they, love him. They haven't even played a spring game. Yet. And you gotta love a man who talks about his talks about his his girl on social media like she's the 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 most amazing thing he's ever seen. I think he loves his wife more than than football. And people are gonna see he's a loving man. Well, he's got swag. How do you know that Dan Mullen's not a family man? I'm not saying Dan Mullen's not a family man, but it's a lot easier. To love somebody in private, it's hard to love somebody out in public. I will say I completely agree with you. I think that uh, Taggart has a long run ahead of him uh, at FSU, but don't forget about Dan Mullen at Florida. Oh yeah, you, wait, you, what, you, you're saying you're picking no, no, Taggart? No, no, I'm, I'm picking Taggart, but I just love what Mullen did with nothing at Mississippi State. With absolutely nothing, he kept the competitive year in and year out in the toughest division. Uh, in college football, which the West was for five, six years. So yeah. it's impressive. I, it's impressive. I think both programs and, are going to turn around. Uh, another thing that helps a lot with Willie Taggart, I think he's getting a little bit of a head start. He's going into a better situation than Dan Mullen is, which in you think about two, three years, that, that head start might make a big difference. Yeah. All right, uh, last one because I actually uh, want to talk about the draft a little bit. Okay. Uh, with the NFL draft coming up, uh, what direction do you think the Giants should go with the number two overall pick? All right, so... For me, if the Browns don't draft Saquon Barkley, then please, please let the Giants not make that mistake of not taking him. Now, in my mock draft, I have Barkley going one, and I have the Giants, I believe, taking McGlinchey yeah, yeah, two overall uh, because I think that, well, I'm a believer in Eli Manning. I yeah. think Eli's got two, three good years left in him. I think that you can still continue to build around him. Uh, okay. They don't need to draft a quarterback number two no, overall. No, if they draft a quarterback, get out of town. You said it. They are due for a quarterback bust. One yeah. of these scores will be a bust, right. and it's not worth it. Maybe even two or three of them. If okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a two a two sided uh, double headed monster. Um, assuming that the Giants don't address their problem at uh, offensive line, I think they should go at Quentin Nelson. Uh, originally, I was so high on Orlando Brown, but there's something going oh, yeah, on there absolutely. where Orlando Brown might fall to the third round, and I'm not a fan of that. But if the Browns are stupid enough to take a quarterback at number one overall, they have to take Barkley. But let's okay. Let's say they don't address the offensive line in the offseason. You're just putting Barkley you have and to. Eli at risk. We're talking about they, possibly a once in a generation player. You have to take him. Build, build around him if you if you need to. Okay. Okay. Now I'm saying I'm just really if high on if the they line. if they address it and Barkley's available, then we're 100 taking Barkley. That was my second side of, of my my argument. Gotcha. Um, do you think? They get a quarterback in the second round. Sure. Or do you I think, think they wait and try to get a quarterback steal, like a, someone they could develop two years down the road, like a Riley Ferguson, a, a Luke Folk or something? Ferguson is going to be a steal for somebody uh, if they draft him late enough. 
Yeah, no, no. They're saying, yeah, they're saying Ferguson has a potential to not even be drafted. So, do you think they wait? All the yeah. way down, or well, they do, I think that's what they, they do like do. a second I, round quarterback. I don't think that they, they should be reaching for someone that they're not 100% invested in. I'm thinking in like just uh, because they have a high the, pick. the quarterback drop off is pretty high from the first round, uh, the first round caliber mm-hmm. to the second round guys are, are, are borderline third round guys. I think if they draft a quarterback in the first in the second round, it has to be because one of those first round guys fall. Yeah, it has to be <laughs> if, if Mason Rudolph falls or yeah. hell, if Baker Mayfield falls. Yeah, I mean, Baker or Mason, those are the only two. Guys, I, I don't think they take a Falk a Falk in second round. Yeah. Ferguson second round. They don't take uh, the guy from what's in Richmond. Uh, they don't take him in the second round. He's they could like also a address talent. They could address the offensive line in the second round too. They still have Eli yep. Manning, two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Just don't don't forget about. That. Don't waste so, it. Yeah. All right. Well, hell, I think we're uh, finally. Well, guys, um, I know not everyone here follows us. Um, so thank you for coming out Woo! and. If you guys don't follow us, Thank you. you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on Stitcher, you can find us on SoundCloud at Welcome to the House. Bestthehouse.com. Bestthehouse.com. We have a website. Go check it out. Um, if there's anything about this show that you liked, you hated, you loved, you disliked, write it on there. Write us reviews. We, we love the reviews. The more reviews we get, the higher we get bumped up. And like I said, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Waitiki, for letting us have our yeah, event absolutely. here. Um, a show on Wall Street. I don't think I, oh. I I have one thing that I really wanted to do. I uh, wanted to give a birthday shout out to Connor. Uh, happy birthday, Connor. All right. Happy birthday. Oh, I guess he's not here. Oh, well, he got a birthday right, shout out. He's gone. At right. least he listens to the episodes. So he'll hear the birthday shout out on the episode. And uh, that's all we have for you guys. If you guys have any more questions, you can email us. Uh, you can see us on Twitter at Best the House. Uh, it's Best the House at Gmail. Because right 